He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to this Anthony Irwin Show live edition here on Twitter Spaces via Silver Screen and Roll. Yeah, we still got to cut down that name. That name is way too long. Uh, today on the show, we have quite a bit to get to. Magic Johnson is out there uh, just bragging about how little he knows about how the uh, salary cap works in his thoughts on whether the Lakers could have gotten DeMar DeRozan and uh, Buddy Heald and apparently also Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So I'm sure everybody's going to have some thoughts on that. And then uh, on top of that, we are getting some rumors and, and news circulating regarding the Lakers' eventual coaching search, which right now stands at Dark Rivers and Quinn Snyder and then some other, uh, I guess, former head coaches who also have some experience with the Lakers organization. Um, one such potential coach apparently will not be uh, Kurt Rambis, which is the good news. The, the unfortunate news is that he won't be the coach because he is still seen as too important to the front office to step down from his current position there. All kinds of great stuff uh, across the board here. If you're a Lakers fan, uh, I want to start, though, with the Magic Johnson stuff, and I'm going to open it up to you guys. If you guys have thoughts on Magic Johnson, go ahead and request to speak, and I'll bring you up on stage. Um, just in general, I guess the, the part of this that I don't understand is whether he thinks he comes out looking good here. Um <laughs> Whether, you know, I understand the inclination to want to throw some dirt on the Lakers and throw some dirt on Rob Polinka specifically. Um, it was also phrased in a way that was kind of maybe throwing some shade at LeBron, too, for wanting Russell Westbrook over uh, DeMar DeRozan. I'm bringing Aaron, uh, my boy Aaron, on stage here, too. If you guys enjoy Aaron and my dynamic, make sure you guys check out his and my show every Friday um, on the hook, which is going to be posted or gets posted on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network, which is where this will get posted eventually too. Once I edit it down and and get it more into uh, podcast form. So, Aaron, I know you wanted to come in hot yesterday when the Magic Johnson stuff was going down while he was on his uh, Magic Media tour. Um, I, I'll just I I kind of just want to get out of your way and and let you run here. Well, thank you. Uh, so, so I may be a little distracted. I may be a little distracted during this because I'm watching Liverpool uh, just get ready to kick off in the Champions League. But um, I'm sick of this Buddy. shit with Magic. Oh yeah, I'm sick. I'm sick of this shit. Um, I, as you have as you have said, there are things to criticize um, about the Lakers front office. But I'm not listening to any of it for Magic for several reasons. First of all, he is just objectively wrong. What he is saying is not possible and he is just objectively wrong i've done the math we can go over it if, if you want to or we can go over any combinations of it and i can tell you why it doesn't work he also 
as you have mentioned, uh, there was a, a piece of Silver Screen and Roll about this, and uh, you talked about it on, on the lowdown that was out uh, this morning. He had a chance to do any of this if he wanted to. He is a coward, and he quit. He left when he didn't like it. When it got tough, he quit. Subsequent to that, the Lakers won a world championship, and Magic was not around for that. And while he was around and while he was in charge, displaying this great grasp of the cap that he clearly doesn't have, <laughs> he wasn't around. He wasn't in the office, right? And so he, got, he became bothered by and wants to go after everybody for holding him accountable and for saying that Magic wasn't in the office and wasn't doing the job. You know what, Magic? If you don't like people saying that about you, get your ass in the office and do the fucking job. So I'm I, I'm sick of this shit, and he's lying. He's obviously promoting his uh his his show, whatever he has coming out on Apple TV or Apple Plus or whatever it is. But I'm sick of the shit. And if he wants to criticize, that's fair. Magic is a legend. He is an icon. But you better do it with facts, uh, and you better be doing it straight in a straightforward manner and criticize the things that you can actually criticize. Otherwise, I'm on your head on Twitter, on here. And Magic, I don't want to fucking hear it. Stay out of it. And as we have all pointed out, he, at the moment, in the moment, was very publicly in favor of the Rust trade, tweeted out about it. And it's not like Magic can just sit it out if he wants to, right? He can, he can say nothing. He doesn't have to say shit he doesn't believe. If he didn't actually think that Russ was going to make uh, the Lakers a contender this year, as he is claiming now, and it was a bad idea as he is claiming now, then he shouldn't have said it was a great idea and was going to make the Lakers contenders uh, when the trade happened. Magic, sit this one the fuck out. I don't want to hear it. So that's the part that I keep coming back to here is like all of his takes and all of his angles here to to how this all went down. Like it's all well documented. <laughs> we were there, Magic. We know what it was like when you – I remember at the beginning of his tenure, um, I caught some flack because – uh, Dan Levitard came out and through his sourcing, which is very, you know, it's, it's planted in Miami. He's very close to Pat Riley. Um, there was some sourcing that Magic just wasn't, you know, fully committed to the job, wasn't working um, to a level that is commensurate with the amount of responsibility he, he had with the Lakers. And I remember that, that very first report, that was really early on in the process. And I remember I aggregated uh, that at the time for uh i think it was lakers outsiders and and then uh on top of that did my own kind of reporting did my own kind of confirmation and heard from people close to and within the lakers organization who were saying like yeah this dude just doesn't show up like we won't see this guy for yeah weeks you heard that you know what you know what i like I'm, I'm angry enough about this that i will come out and say that you heard that from me because well, it wasn't in you and others like i, I it yeah. turns out yeah. you know I was being held to journalistic standards, but yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of people were willing to step up and say, yeah, this guy just doesn't come into the office. Yeah, and, You know who was in the office? Me. You know who wasn't in the office? Him. Yeah. And Rob was in, Rob was in the office and hilariously. Off, so off. Rob was going around asking, Hey, have you guys seen magic? Have you and in the, <laughs> in the, in the infrequent moments he was in the office, guess what he wasn't doing? Working. He wasn't available to people. And for I, you know, I, look, I'm not gonna like slander him with what he was doing. Instead, I'll leave that alone for right now. If he does, if he comes out with this shit again, I'm I'm letting that go. But 
he was not when he was in the office, he wasn't really in the office. And let's not act like he was some 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 basketball mastermind genius when he held the job. He put together the roster that he hated that made him quit. And, <laughs> and let's be let's let's be real about it. Yeah. What what were these what were these mastermind deals that he if he's oh you gotta do this deal, you gotta do this deal. What deals did he do when he was when he was in charge? How'd that Muscala how'd that Muscala deal work out and got rid of Zoo? How'd that work out? Was that that was great, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, clearly Zubats hasn't really had much of a future in the NBA, and and Muscala is still a Lakers legend, right? I, he's still I'm, a, I, no. I'm 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 so uh, yeah. God, you know what? And and by the way, just so we're 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 very clear about it, and I'm sure people are going to come up on stage and say, well, what about this? What about this? I have I've got I did I did the spreadsheet. It's right in front of me, and I will happily show you why it is not possible. Based on the CBA of the NBA, it is not possible to do what Magic is suggesting. And I'm happy to go through whatever permutations anybody wants because Magic is just wrong. That's it. <laughs> I love that. I love that he's just willing to step up and say, yeah, I have, I have no idea how any of this works. Because <laughs> that's essentially what he's saying, right? When he says, yeah, the Lakers could have had DeMar DeRozan. They could have kept Alex Caruso. Yeah, they could have. They could have had Buddy Heald, and they could have had Contavious Caldwell Pope. And it's like Magic. Do you know how? Do you know how like like the numbers work here? Let's let's really quickly. Let's not get too far into the weeds, Aaron. Let's go through your spreadsheet. So let's let's start with the most. Let's start with the most ridiculous uh, hypothetical that was offered up here. Right, the the version of it where the Lakers trade for for sign and trade. I think it was Kuz for uh, for Buddy Heald or for. Uh, Sorry, they they would have signed and traded for Demar Derozan, and they would have traded for Buddy Heald, yeah, and so they would have kept Alex it, Caruso and KCP. Let's and keep KCP. Out of it, let's keep out of it that in Magic scenario you're trading Kuz for Buddy Heald, which doesn't work. If you want to throw in Trez, fine. Yeah. But then what are you? Well, that's what then, the original. What, that's what the original trade would have been for. Fine, but then. But then what, are you, what are you trading? What are you then? Then what are you trading for Demar Derozan? Let's leave all of that out of it, yeah, and just go based on what Magic said. Well, just so assets. Magic, yeah. So Magic said, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Demar Derozan, Buddy Heald, KCP, Alex Caruso. Right? That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Trading for a sign and trade. When you take somebody in in a sign and trade, you are hard capped. The hard cap for this year is 143 million. You cannot go over that for any reason. That's what, it's the hard cap. Even even Magic, if, by the way, like you 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 like have to add somebody to fill out your roster, you have to find a way to do that under that cannot. number. Correct. You cannot. That was the unless situation two seasons money, ago, by the way. Correct. You cannot. So just and let's 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 add because this is the last year of it. We got to add Luol Deng's five million dollar cap in. So with just LeBron, Anthony Davis, Luol Deng cap holds or cap dead cap demar derozan buddy healed kcp alex caruso you are already over the 143 million now you with, have to with like 10 with, roster spots you have to with fill. one two three four five six <laughs> with eight roster spots you have to fill because you must you're already over the hard cap which is not allowed and you must at all times carry at least 14 guys on your roster yeah so the, 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 the roster that Magic is suggesting with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Luol Deng, Dead Money, DeMar DeRozan, Buddy Heald, KCP, Alex Caruso, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven vet min guys. And that, 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 that amount is based on your time in the league. So I just picked like the middle amount, like six years in the league, mm-hmm. which, and that is uh, almost 2.1 million. And then, and the last roster spot, the 14th, Austin Reeves, because he makes the rookie minimum, which is 925 grand. At that point, you are close to $27 million over the cap, <laughs> over the hard cap. Over the hard cap. Missed it by that much. <laughs> so literally, for LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the Luol Deng cap hold, DeMar DeRozan, Buddy Hill, KCP, Alex Caruso. That's one, two, three, four, five, six players. Are you including THT now? Over. Are you including no, THT? Absolutely, absolutely not. Well, you're already well, you, over the hard cap. You kind of well, you have to though, like because that was part of like he's. Been, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Like it, it makes it easier to make it work. I'm saying it only furthers the point that this is how far off on the number. If you add THT okay, so then, to that, you're looking so at like THT, 40 million over the number. Yeah, add, add, add THT's 10 million and take out one of the vet mins. That's 2.1. Yeah. That's another 8 million over. So now we're at 170. We're we're close to 180. Yeah. So you're, you're like 30. You're, you're 35 million <laughs> over the over the hard cap. <laughs> and that's by the way, you don't have a roster. Right. Right. It's also, not to mention, it's literally not legal. In the, in the NBA, right? You 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 would still have to uh, find a way to to field a playable roster. And by the way, like let's say let's look at that team, right? That team clearly, if you were on two K and you were able to turn off the CBA and you were able to turn off the salary cap, that team is probably pretty good. I, I would say it's it's it. It's a top four team in the West, I would say, is 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 what you're looking at there. And like based yeah. on how DeMar has played this year, they're probably the favorites to win the whole thing. Yeah, you're based probably on right. how DeMar has even, played. Even even with the injuries, I would say. Like, cause you have enough firepower there to get by. I, I I mean it depends on what you do with like don't bring in DeAndre Jordan and you don't bring in uh Kent Bazemore and Wayne Ellington and those guys. But like still you, you still have enough talent at the top of the roster to make up for a D missing half of the year and LeBron missing roughly a third of the year. Um, and so, yeah, like, land, why didn't, why didn't this clown decide to keep Kuz too, since we're in fantasy land? <laughs> well, like, but like, I, I guess the reason I'm saying this is because like, yes, magic, if, if this is the way that you're looking at things and this is what you were allowed to do as, as president of basketball operations, if you were allowed to operate outside the cap, I would. I'm sure he would still be with the Lakers <laughs> if they had like. If he, no, if, no, because he, no, he was he. No, because the real reason he left was because he wanted to tweet. So well, he, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't be able to tweet. My other question here, and like, I'm I'm legit curious about this. Why would Demar's agent reach out to Magic? Like, that's the part. That's another part that I'm kind of hung up on here. Is like, wait, why are you the why are you the first point of contact here? If if you everybody knows Magic that you left the Lakers high and dry publicly in one of the most embarrassing moments in franchise history. Like, like this is something that everybody knows that you aren't like officially affiliated with the Lakers. Why are you, why are you the point of contact here? Why, how did this even come about? Well, look, what I do know, I know DeMar and LeBron talked. Um, So maybe it's possible that DeMar has said that. And I know that to be true. So maybe DeMar and LeBron were figuring out on the players end. I, Aaron Goodwin, who is DeMar's agent, has a long-standing relationship with Magic, but I don't believe a word of Mag- what Magic says. So I don't know if that actually happened. It's also 
is this like dry snitching on on Goodwin though? Because like this seems like this seems like you know a form of getting around the tampering rules, right? Like, all right, Magic isn't officially uh, with the Lakers. Um, we're going to make contact with Magic and make it known to the Lakers that this is something Demar is interested in doing while he is still under contract with the Spurs. So, like this. It feels like on top of everything else, Magic might be getting good. Uh, Aaron, is, is, is it Godwin or Goodwin? Goodwin. Yeah. It seems like he's getting Goodwin into some, into some hot water here too with how he's operating beyond beyond the tampering rules. Yep. Yep. I'm so sick of Magic. Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> I'm telling you, if he does this one more time, I'm going to tell you what he was doing in the office instead of working. Give it one more time, Magic. Here's, here's, here's the, all right. So I want to, all right. We've, we've talked about the most ridiculous version of this. And I promise, I promise over, over the course of this conversation, we are going to bring people on stage and allow y'all to give a, allow you guys to give your thoughts um, there as well. But so let me, so let me, let me give the, the only way. Right. The Lakers could not trigger the hard cap. A sign and trade is not was not ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. The only way that Demar and he did have conversations with LeBron and he was interested in coming. The the conversation was very quick. The only thing the Lakers could offer because they were already in the tax. The only thing the Lakers could offer Demar Derozan was the taxpayer mid level exception, and that conversation was had. Hey Demar, do you want five point eight or five point nine million? Whatever I can't remember what the exact. I think it's five point nine, but. Do you want 5.9 million? Uh, no, I can get 28 elsewhere. Okay, then you got to do it. I don't like, this was DeMar's last chance to get a big payday, last bite at the apple, et cetera. His stock was down around the league. And it was a surprise to many people, us included, that he was able to get that kind of contract. Good for him. And he's had one of the 10 best seasons in the NBA. Which mm-hmm. is great. But it was a very quick conversation because the Lakers could not operate under the hard cap. Jamar, do you want 5.8 million, 5.9 million? No, I have 28 elsewhere. All right, Godspeed, brother. Go get your money. This was end of conversation. This was one of my favorite moments of the offseason. I think it was on a show with Shannon Sharp, and Shannon asked him, like, hey, athletes say all the time how they're interested in in taking less to win and and sacrificing for the betterment of whatever team it is that they go to and, and, and getting that last championship, that last piece of the puzzle to people's careers or players' careers. And, and he said, are you, DeMar, willing to take a, a pay cut to go to the Lakers? And, and Lamar, or DeMar like said, well, <laughs> it kind of depends. It kind of depends on what we're talking about when it comes to the uh, pay cut that we're talking about here. And again, like you're saying, Aaron, all the best to DeMar. He got paid. He's having a tremendous season. I'm really ha- legitimately really happy for this guy um, for how the offseason and the subsequent season has played out for him. But the notion that at any point he was willing to go from the 28-ish that he makes this year to the 5-ish that, that, that would have necessitated, uh, been necessitated, necessitated, sorry, uh, to make this happen is just it's ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous. And that's why, like, all right, so either Magic's math is $35 million off when it comes to the CBA, or his math is $23 million off when it comes to what DeMar was willing to get paid. And either way, this dude is just not operating in reality. And, like, it, 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 and, and like Magic, 
I think it's just such a perfect kind of cap on his relationship with the Lakers and where it currently stands because like this guy has never operated in reality. This guy, he thought like the fact that he thought he could step into the NBA and work in a league that is more competitive than it has ever been. And professional sports in general right now are more competitive across the board than they have ever been. We have like actual legit geniuses running these teams and these and these geniuses who are willing to work 80 plus hours a week to find every single potential market inefficiency and, and advantage that they can find for their team. And the fact that Magic thought that he could step into that league and work once every other week or so, and even then when he shows up to quote unquote work, not actually get anything done in the office there and not exactly hold an open door policy for those who might want to step in and, and offer their input into what next moves that the Lakers might be able to make. Like if you think you can operate in the NBA like that and have success, you're not operating in reality. And just like right now, if you think you can, if you can land DeMar DeRozan and keep all that roster and, and fly $35 million over the cap, you're not operating in reality. And what it all comes down to is like, he I, look, on some level, I don't think he's particularly self-aware, but on some level, he has to know that his his standing within the Lakers fan base is is diminished and, and probably forever somewhat diminished because of the way things went down when he ran the Lakers. And the more that he throws dirt on this situation with the Lakers, maybe he thinks there's a way that he can get back into the good graces of the Lakers fan base after the way that things went down. My thing is, and I said this on the lowdown yesterday, you can't. There is no way to get back into the good graces unless you actually commit to doing the work, which we know he's not willing to do. Yeah, um, I'm going to be careful here, but uh, the, the other part I have a problem with that's just factually inaccurate is, all right, I'm going to ask you a question, and you can be somewhat vague, but... How how long before the Russ trade happened did I say the Russ did I tell you the Russ trade was pretty likely to happen? How long, how long before? before? Yes. Oh, oh a few, few days. days. A few, few days, days like, like okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I just went I just went I just went back through my text messages because I was I was wondering about this. And I have text messages having conversations with people uh, with the Lakers and uh, you know, league people around the league. I knew and several other people around the league knew that the rust trade was likely to happen and then was going to happen weeks before it happened. Mm -hmm. Why is magic claiming that it just like popped up all of a sudden and and it came out of nowhere. And then the, then LeBron decided and Westbrook decided out of nowhere that that was going to be the thing. And the DeMar thing was not going to happen. It's just not true. It's It's also also been been reported that 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 is the case. And, it's not true, and he knows it. That's the problem. Yeah, it's yeah. disingenuous. It's intellectually dishonest, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care about whether it's the salary cap or the facts of the case. He doesn't care about, it. and I'm tired of it. We also we also know that that's not how it went down. That like yes, all right. So what we did see was a trade on the table between the Lakers and 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 the Sacramento Kings. Kyle Kuzma has said, and Montrezl Harrell have both said they thought they were heading up to Sacramento. Um, if that is, if that is going to be the reality of the situation there and, and Russ, I guess, spoke to LeBron, spoke to AD, everybody got on the same page and, and were on the same page when it came to like what they needed to do to make this work. And after they all got on that same page, apparently Russ made it known to the Washington wizards. 
hey, I would like to be traded and, and I would like to be traded to the uh, to the Lakers. Can we make this happen? Like these things, even if it's if it even if like magic is is just slightly misremembering, it's not like the Wizards and the Lakers can just throw a trade together. That's not how like these things take time. There's negotiations involved. The Lakers sent a first round draft pick out on this thing and and they sent out important role players on this thing to, to make it happen. Like those kinds of conversations aren't aren't like I would be pissed, honestly, if I found out that the Lakers just randomly said, oh, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll just do this other trade. I guess we'll all willy nilly like that would somehow make the rush trade worse. And I already disliked the, the rush trade. So it's just like, I don't know. In general with magic, I've always kind of wondered, like we've seen what it looks like when magic can't just throw money at the problem, right? The magic hour was a disaster. Him as a coach was a disaster. Now here with his, his stint with the Lakers as president of basketball operations, it was a disaster. When he can just kind of sit back and empower people that he trusts and operate as a businessman, clearly almost nobody better in the history of professional sports at that. But when he tries to get his hands involved and he wants to steer the ship, like that's, that ship just finds every single iceberg in the ocean. And that's just another case here where like magic just – just go away for a little while. <laughs> just just go away for a little while. Let people like release your documentary. Let people enjoy winning time. Let people get back to just remembering you as the player and you as the icon. And just let let the, the narrative handle itself. But once you get your your hands on that wheel, once you get your hands on that steering wheel to try to steer your own narrative, you clearly aren't very good at it because it involves a lot of lying <laughs> and like a, a lot of lying that is very easily uh, refutable. Um, I want to, I also want to move on to like, when it comes to the DeMar DeRozan, uh, situation here, um, why Aaron, do you think this is the one that people get hung up on the most? Is it just because of DeMar's season this year? Like, yeah, is I that think, it? I, I think it, I think it, I think it, that's, that's most of it. But it's just so easily refutable though. Like I, I could, I would understand if it was like, uh, you know, like, let's say, let's say there was a, uh, I don't even know what the, all right, healed, right? Healed is the example of like um, a trade that was on the table that that maybe alters the direction of the Lakers season in in some certain way, right? That one is at least feasible. That one like actually worked, and the Lakers still would have had some flexibility to go out and do some other things around that trade. This DeRozan one, it doesn't work at all. So I guess I'm kind of I don't understand why people won't let it go. So this is a pain point because of the the the. Uh, season that DeMar has had and for a while he was right there in the top of the uh, the MVP conversation right and he's had a gr- some great highlight moments and the truth of the matter is the salary cap is hard um, and the the average fan um, and even people that follow the NBA very closely like very committed very uh, very serious NBA fans don't necessarily have a great understanding of some of the nuance of the cap. It, the are. CBA is like th- yeah. hundreds yeah, of CBA. thousands of pages yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it is right. Like if nine out of 10 people, even that very closely follow the NBA, don't know some of this nuance, it's like an easy pain point to just kind of stick it to Laker fans and make it a big, make it a big deal. I don't think magic is really, I, he knows he's lying, but I don't think he thinks the backlash will be what it is 
because, or what it has become in very small circles, because most people will just believe what Magic says and are very committed Laker fans, but don't understand why this actually can't happen. So then it's a very easy thing to, like, you know, make Magic seem to be the hero to Laker fans. I mean, look, if we, if we asked people in the spaces right here, you know, what percentage of people knew when Magic said that, that it isn't possible? Probably not a lot. So I understand why he's doing it, but it's clearly, I don't get angry about a lot, but, you know, this is something that, and people that I care about, and it's a, and it's a team and a franchise and an organization that I care about, and I'm sick of it. So it's important to me to refute this stuff, but like how many people know the intricacies of the CBA? Not many, right? So it's an easy way to just kind of create the, the soundbite and the highlight. And he doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on it, right? He went on, he basically said the same thing on, uh, on Get Up and on whatever the early, uh, and on First Take. And then he went on with, he went on uh, ESPN Radio and did the whole thing and nobody called him on it. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was wild. Over and over. And nobody called him on it. Yeah. yeah. Even even people that cover the league don't necessarily know all of this stuff. So certainly fans can't be expected to. Yeah. Well, and, and just from like a content generation standpoint, like the people aren't going to call him on it because now everybody is talking about the soundbite. Um, oh, whereas if you the access part, right? Like, well, there's also that shows, he's going on shows where, right. Where he, he is friendly with or knows people. Right. And he can, he can turn on the magic charm and smile and charisma and all that. And get away with it. Yeah. Um, all right. So since we're trying to, we'll we'll bring on, we'll bring up uh, Edwin, and we will bring up Kyle um, to give you guys his thoughts on this too. I'm all right. I want to start here with with um, Edwin. How much is how much is the image of Magic Johnson changed to you? Like as a fan. I guess it also depends on how old you are. So like I don't I I don't really. But like, if you if you did you were you able to watch Magic play as 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 like as a player? Anything's delicious when it comes to my age. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not good, see brother. much of Magic. I'm I'm a little too uh, too young for that one. Um, but but okay. you know I know I understand obviously the history of Magic, and I'm I'm the kind of person that you know I've I've watched every I watched the Philly uh, you know championship his first one on YouTube and stuff like that. So I've done my homework on Magic and who Magic is and. For me personally, just from the, the fan perspective, uh, it's disappointing. I still love Magic. I'll always love Magic. He did so much, uh, so so powerful. You know, who, you know the the what if of if Magic doesn't come to the Lakers, who knows? You know, maybe half of us are not even here talking about the Lakers, right? Uh, so so he helped build something incredible. And honestly, it's just I try to remember. It's kind of almost like when you separate a person from their politics, you know. Which I'm not a big fan of that, but you know, separate the art, separate the art from the artist. Yeah, separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, separate the player from multiple things now. can be true. Yes, and right. that's you know I don't want to make it into the Kobe thing, but that's what I loved about Kobe. He didn't do this stuff. He I love the fact that he stepped away from the Lakers because you imagine the pressure. He's like Kuzma has to explode this year, right? And then everyone's gonna of course agree with Kobe because they love him. And Magic has to understand the responsibility he has, the power he has. When he talks, people listen, and when he talks, people believe him, even if it's not true. And you know, it, it's a really, it's a really dangerous cocktail when you have Laker haters who want to believe it, and Laker fans who are frustrated, because then everyone starts drinking it. And I, I had people in my mentions, oh, look at this. I'm like, it's not true. That's not. But they don't care because they want it to be true. They want the narrative to be the Lakers are idiots. They're fools. 
look at this. I still get DMs and messages when Brandon Ingram has a good game. They're like, oh, look, you know, was it worth it? I'm like, why are we still talking about this? So I'm not surprised DeMar DeRozan is still a point of contention for the Laker haters and the frustrated Laker fan base. And it's just disappointing when you see Magic do these kinds of things because he doesn't need to. It, it's not necessary. But I, I have no idea. I, I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze him. I don't know why he has to, every time the Lakers are down, kind of mention it like, oh, man, like it's always like a revisionist thing. Like, oh, I saw this and they messed this up. You know, I don't know, guys. Like, and it's, it's just very frustrating to, to see it happen, you know, time and time again. He, when he has an opportunity, he kind of dunks on the organization. So, it, and, and they're not being factual. That's the worst part. That's what really makes it frustrating. I think that's why Aaron's so frustrated. Well, what also sucks is that, like, it's clearly him putting his own image, his own narrative ahead of what's actually best for the Lakers. Because the Lakers, this doesn't help the Lakers in any way. Like, if he actually truly cares about the Lakers, he would just shut up. He would just go away for a little while. When he said he was going to go away, he would have gone away. Um, and and that's not what he has chosen to do. Instead, he has, at every turn, you know, thrown shade at Rapalinka, said that he literally backstabbed him and, and, and those things. And, and then now this with the DeMar DeRozan stuff. Like, Magic can't claim to really, you know, care about the Lakers above all else if, if he's putting himself way above what is actually best for the team. Uh, Kyle Downey, what, what ha, has Magic changed at all? Has your view of Magic changed at all? Um, after his time as president of basketball operations and then and then ever since? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I would definitely say that it's changed. Um, he went from like an, an icon to now this guy that just gets irritated and starts like going scorched earth on us. Like, oh man, it's just so frustrating. Um, it's just so frustrating like seeing that like it's like Jeannie has to stop asking him for advice. Like she has to, like she, he can be your brother, but keep him like a, an arm length away. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to the Lakers, like he, she cannot ask for his advice when he's freaking just like going to scorch us on like mistakes or whatever. But this is not even like, there was no, I, I mean, to speak what Aaron was talking about, I, I knew right away that there was no way in hell we could do all that stuff that he was talking about. Like, like you said, that's what you can do on 2K. Like, I play 2K, you turn salary cap off, and that's what you can do. You know, you can't do that in real life. It's just, like, not possible. And, um, yeah, it's just like, like, I love Magic, but like you said, separate the art from the artist. He's got to, like, he, it's just, and it's just messed up. To, like, to your point, like, somebody who loves the Lakers to just go scorched earth and just be like, oh, yeah, they're crap. It's like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, you you were part of an, an amazing generation of Laker players and started a started a kickstarted a fan base that's forever going. And it's just like, you're just, you're, you're killing us. You're killing us over here. Like, it's not going to help. Like, he's the reason why Kawhi didn't come. Well, not, not the only reason, but he's one of the reasons why Kawhi didn't come because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. It's like, bro, just sit, sit over there. You know, count your money and say go Lakers. Like, that's it. Like, that's all you need to do. I want to know, uh, let, do me a favor for those of you who are, are speakers, and I'll, I'll keep adding and, and, and um, taking people down over the course of this conversation. Do me a favor. If magic hasn't changed to you at all, raise your hand or something like that. I want, I want to hear from you if you haven't, if your view of magic hasn't changed at all. Because, like, this is, this is a, an interesting dynamic here where he's this all-time icon and in regards to his impact on the sport, his impact on the Lakers on the court, absolutely unquestionable. But 
Um, I, I it, you look at every time he tweets, and it's a lot of people who are just saying like, "Magic, just go away for a bit. Just go away for a little while." Um, all right, I see Petty. Petty, you you were saying um, that that Magic hasn't changed to you at all. Why why is that? Well, the main reason is I think it's a little bit of my upbringing. You know, my for me, I think it's about perspective. Like you have, like I said, they use the term separating the art from the artist. For me, it's just having a realistic view of people. One, like people are always going to show you who they are. At the end of the day, like no matter if you watch, if you're paying attention, they're going to show you who you are. Like for me, I said, like there's a dichotomy, at least for myself, like as a black man and as a basketball fan and as a Laker fan of like the way that I view him and separating him as a basketball player, as a human being and as a businessman, as an example in, in some ways and not an example in others. And I think he just kind of approached the way that he approaches um approaches like things beyond business where he has to have like a day-to-day approach it's just not for him like he's not he's one of those like like you said he's like one of those people who needs to like be in like an ownership role where he can kind of like put in empower people to be better and that's kind of his whole thing when he was in a basketball players that he helped bring out the best in people but him i just don't view i don't look at at magic and say like oh this is ruins his legacy as a basketball player we're talking about as a businessman or as like an an icon i just i can maybe see that but like to me like this is like i don't know like the spreading of misinformation all that stuff is just extremely whack and like all all this like basically trying i made that joke yesterday about like magic johnson's on the second like Lakers smear campaign and we still love him. And it's kind of like a testament what I'm talking about. He's done more, even if he like tanks the organization, he's like technically like done more for the organization than he could hurt it. So as a player, I don't think it'll ever affect his, his legacy, but like definitely I think in the public eye amongst people who are paying attention, it's going to change. I, I like, until, I see, even... until I see video of that man dribbling with his left hand, I don't want to hear about his basketball <laughs> legacy either. Man, Magic. Aaron's still Aaron's still upset that Magic has all those uh, Finals MVP and, and, and Steph will never have one. It's just too bad. <laughs> Steph's a better Drew. basketball player than Magic. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Drew. Oh come on. Uh, come on. No, I mean, look, Magic. Magic. Magic has a better career so far, but Steph is a. Magic is greater as of now, but Steph is a better basketball player, just like LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. We just need to see how Steph operates as a president of basketball operations to really figure all of this out. Like we I, honestly, you know what? We need we need to ask Steph if he knows whether the Lakers could have had Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker, Buddy Heald, and Contavious Caldwell Pope, as well as LeBron and AD on their team, and if he thinks I would work with the. <laughs> right fuck it we'll just clone michael jordan too and, and that'll work under the salary cap too why not um no i all right so i want to go uh i want to go to a, a couple other people here shub has has your view of magic we also got to talk about the lakers coaching stuff here because because that's going to rile some people up as well but shub um what do you think about all this magic stuff what, what do you think of like what i just said where i don't think he cares about what's best for the lakers i don't i don't think he particularly loves um, the Lakers in the way that he wants people to think so do you, do you are you willing to go that far with me on that one or do you or do you think we need to you know cut it close to that that far to take yeah no I appreciate this Anthony um I'm, I'm on Petty's side here uh and I think Edwin brought up a really good point as well that uh which I'll get into later but 
Listen, magic is just that uncle at Thanksgiving dinner that, you know, you just got to deal with, you know, too many drinks, you know, he's just going to spew out what he wants to spew out, cause a little drama. And then everyone goes home and we'll see him next week. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to tell you about 5G, son. Right, right. Exactly. Right. You just got to deal with it. Like if you've been following this team, especially during the down years, magic is going to tweet out harsh, harsh things. Magic is going to, you know, always have like a hard line and harsh criticism because he loves this team so much. So. When I saw the news, like, obviously, it's just consistent how it was going to be. I, I think everyone remember when Magic stepped down, he went on first take again, and that caused a huge thing. But Magic is always going to be part of this family, and he's always been a part of our family, if you have long, how long you've ever been a Laker fan. So whether you like it or not, whether it hurts us or it doesn't, we're going to carry forward with this organization no matter what. And, you know, if he wants to go that route and whatever his incentives are, or agenda is that he wants to fulfill, um, he's going to do that because unfortunately, whether we like it or not, he is going to be family. He is going to be Genie Bus's confidant no matter what. So when I now, what I will say though is the, the spreading of misinformation is severely dangerous. I, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. Like what you guys were just making fun of, all those players, you know, is obviously impossible. And you know, the, the, it was a little embarrassing, I think, on his part that he would not go on a public stage like that to promote something else and not have the right information, right? The talking about his agent, things like that, go ahead and do that. But then to ensue what we all, you know, were laughing at uh, was pretty was pretty dangerous. And I think um, it's good that you're bringing this, we're talking about this, is because there is this uh, stigma around the NBA that us Laker fans think we can get whoever we want, right? Every free agency, everything we talk about is like, oh, you know, we have unlimited cap space when us, like, you know, like Aaron was talking about, the ones who can study the CBA and have a little bit of an idea of like how the salary cap works. That's not necessarily possible. So I thought that was wrong. But, you know, this is this new cycle is going to pass in 48 hours and we just got to deal with it. And Magic's still going to be here. So, um, but and on all in all, and I wanted to get back to Edwin's point, um, listen, Winning, winning just solves all. We would not be in this position uh, if we were winning a few more games, you know, and, and this is just the punishment that rolls out from it. All these leaks. Listen, this summer, we're going to have the nastiest stories about Frank Vogel and some other players in that locker room that are going to leak from this season uh, that are going to be pretty nasty. So everyone better brace themselves because, you know, this was a disappointing season. So things are about to come out. And this is what happened when you lose. Um, I thought Edwin made an excellent point is that uh, following Kobe, you, you know, during the second half of his career, he would go on talk show. I watched every interview after he retired. They would like beg him. They would, you know, try to push him and corner him into saying, will you take a front office role? Will you take a coaching role? And he denied all of that. He wanted to be as hands off as possible, whether it was Jimmy Kimmel, Jay Leno. He wanted to be as hands off as possible because he trusts Rob as his agent to go ahead and do the right thing. So, and the only thing he would say is that, yeah, he'll answer calls and he'll help Rob out if he asks for opinion, but he wants to be as hands off as possible. And, and that's obviously, you know, the, the way I liked it too and how he should be. So, I mean, this is definitely an opposite pr approach because of magic personality. We all know this. Well, I also know with Kobe, uh, you know, you look at everything that he worked on post-career, right? Whether it was the thing he won the Oscar for, whether it was, uh, the detail little uh, things that he was doing for ESPN. Like if he was going to do something, he wanted to do it as well as he could possibly do it. He wanted to be 100% committed to everything that he was doing. And I think he knew he couldn't have been committed to the Lakers front office job um, in the way that he would have needed to be in order to be successful. And I think that's something that like separates him from Magic, where you know, Magic went into it thinking that he could kind of half-ass his way to it 
he could be kind of the figurehead and and maybe Rob would handle the details. And that appears to be kind of like how that relationship was supposed to work. But you still have to be there. Like you, even if you're even if you're just kind of there as the final say on the on the decisions that are made, you still need to be there for the minutia of those decisions. And I think like and Anthony, remember remember what came out too. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Is that remember in 2019 when he stepped down? Like there were some. Oh in that my god! I specifically remember there'll be the running joke right with Rob in the front offices. Where's Magic? Right, he's always flying around. And keep in mind, he is part of the ownership group of the team down the street with the LA Dodgers, right? If I'm not mistaken. And so his hands were already full. And and you're absolutely right about half-assed. Yeah, I, I just think you know that that article. I remember when it came out. Harrison and I read it, and and this isn't shade to the people who were responsible for that article, Baxter. And I think Ramona was involved as well. Um, this isn't shade at all, but like we read that and we we're like, wait, there's a lot more to this that isn't being written here. Um, so, so Magic Guy, I, you know, I think we know that he has, you know, really good standing within ESPN and all of that stuff. I kind of feel like that got cleaned up a little bit uh, after the fact. But um, my la- Aaron, I want to, I want to, my last thing here before we talk, before we move on to the coaching stuff. Um, and I promise those of you who are waiting to speak, I promise I'm going to try to get to you guys. Uh, but Aaron, you can tell me Hennessy is delicious here if you want, but <laughs> I mean, it is no matter it what is, it is. I'm, I'm, I regret not having a cocktail. Do, in front do of you, me. Uh, I got, yeah, I got it. Do, do you like doctors, Aaron? Maybe we could just go with something vague like that. How, what do you, how do you feel about doctors in general? Uh, I tend to stay away from them. <laughs> so, but Aaron, it feels like. Given how quickly Magic seems willing to jump on the Lakers and especially jump on uh, Rob Polinka for his mistakes, it feels like it isn't that far a logical leap here to to wonder if at times Magic is rooting against Rob, right? He he he, he wants Rob to fail so that he can step up and make himself look better because of Rob's failures. Is that too far? Because it just feel, like it just feels like at this stage given how often he has done this now and how quickly he is to, to respond to these things. Like it just, it, it, it can't be that you're sitting here hoping for success and this quickly to jump on the failure. Huh? Um, interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I think all of it, as it relates to magic, I think there's a huge bit of ego involved. And so he wants to, take credit for everything and then take credit for what should have been uh, if it doesn't go well, but it's all, but it, it, all of it is, is like very strange because magic claims to love the Lakers and seems to still root for the Lakers. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he necessarily wants Rob to come out looking good, but I still think he wants the Lakers to win. It just like, this is kind that of feels kind of mutually really, exclusive. Correct. Yeah, that, that's what I'm, yeah, like, and I don't, I'm not gonna, other than it seems like he's got a lot of ego involved in it, it does seem mutually exclusive, which is why it's all very confusing. Um, so I don't think he's like actively rooting against Rob. I think, I, I, my guess is what Magic would like best is if Rob wasn't around anymore and then the Lakers did very well. Mm-hmm. So then, um, with LeBron, by the way, because he can put that LeBron feather in his cap even though LeBron was coming, whether Magic was around or not. Um, but I, I don't know what Magic is thinking because, like, none of this makes sense. It's also, like, he'll, he'll tell you I love the Lakers and I'm Laker, part of the Lakers family, but then he doesn't treat the Lakers like family. He doesn't 
seem to uh, like come around the family. And when the family is struggling, and I don't mean like the Buzz family, I mean the whole Lakers family. Yeah. Fan, he doesn't seem to want to lift that up. So I, I don't know what Magic is thinking here. That's why like all of it is, is so strange and confusing other than Magic just always wants Magic to look good. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of strange and confusing, so far the Lakers uh, coaching search uh, as as soon as they are, are uh, going to fire Frank Vogel, which I would imagine will happen days after the season ends. But uh, the Lakers so far have been tied to Quinn Snyder, whom I'm, I'm all right with. I, I, I'd be all right with that if that is the decision or the direction that they go in. And Doc Rivers, who I am considerably less okay with here. Um, I'm going to start with somebody uh, who I haven't heard from yet. So we'll go to Aaron Soroka. I, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right. Um, between those two candidates and just in general with how the Lakers seem to be handling, handling their coaching search where uh, Kurt Rambis isn't going to be coaching, but because he won't be doing that because he is integral to the front office and they are still looking for coaches with prior head coaching experience and especially coaches who have prior ties back to the Lakers organization. Um, I'm a little nervous that after a season of insular thinking has landed them here, that they're going to go right back to that bucket. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also pretty close to the situation here and I might be not, not able to see the, uh, the, the forest between the trees or whatever the, the saying is there. So Aaron, I'm, I'm going to go to you. How do you feel about, um, uh, the, the Lakers coaching search? Yeah, actually, um, on our old pod today, I said that I'm not necessarily thrilled with having like two coaching candidates who are not, um, to say the least, known for playoff success. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn Snyder is actually a decent coach. I love his Utah Jazz team. I do think they have a lot of chemistry, which is something the Lakers are pretty lacking. Um, and he's like a great fundamental coach. And also he's from the Popovich coaching tree, which is never a bad thing. However, um, I think that one thing that the Lakers really need is not Doc Rivers, but <laughs> the guy who was Doc Rivers' replacement, who is unfortunately coaching in the other side of the Staples Center. Uh, they mm-hmm. do need somebody who can, like, you know, take out more of, of like, role players and maximize their talent. And I think that in this case, uh, Snyder is okay. Uh, he can do the job. I'm less fond of Rivers at this point. Um, so I, I like, if, you know, as we said, if we end up with Snyder, it's pretty good. He's also linked up for like being the uh, Popovich, the, the guy after Popovich in San Antonio, which means that he has some credibility and uh, reverse time. I'm not sure that he's the right guy for the Lakers. Uh, I just want to say just another little thing about magic. You just, just touched on what Aaron said. Um, I don't think he's like really rooting for, uh, Palinka. I do think that since magic, like started as captain obvious. And then just became a laughing stock. Um, he's actually doing Pelinka some good service right now because now you're talking about how <laughs> yeah, people are like indirectly defending Rob Pelinka. And he's like, you know, in the beginning of the season where a lot of Lakers fans were really um, anxious about how Westbrook is going to play out. So one Magic Johnson was a guy that actually tried to calm everything that everybody down and say, this is going to work. This is, you're going to love Russell Westbrook uh, and didn't like pan out the way we wanted it. Um, so in a, in a way, like Magic Johnson um, is actually <laughs> making Pelinka look good because he's also reminding people of how bad as a GM Magic was. And I'm not even like mentioning the tampering fine. And I love Magic <laughs> with all my heart. He's one of the people that made me 
he loves basketball, but he became such a laughing stock when he's trying to like, you know, either put his hand in basketball operations or just give his takes on the Lakers. So literally in this, I think like winning time is sums it all. Like the Lakers are having a mentality of larger than life. Like everything happens the way we want it. And if it looks detached from reality, you know, when you're trying to bring in a crooked uh, uh, NCAA coach, you're looking like detached from reality. And when Magic is treating things like are out of like proportions, uh, he's also looking like detached from reality. And in this way, uh, winning time is just the perfect storm in this moment. Yeah, thank God for winning time. I, I It's nice to have something affiliated with the Lakers that entertains me. Um, all right, I, I want to move on to, we'll go to Brandon. Um, I know you've been waiting to speak a while, so at Candice Lupus 75. Um, how do you feel about either, are you, are you, would you be okay with Doc? Would you be okay with Quinn? Would you rather see the Lakers go in a different direction? Um, how, what do you think about, would you prefer they keep Frank, I, which I don't think is tenable either way, but like, how, how would you feel about, what would you, how would you like to see this play out? Well, I don't want us to keep, keep Frank. And then I've heard Clifford's name in there too. And that's just, that's just like another Frank Vogel, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Quinn Snyder is a modern coach. I think we need a modern coach. I think mm-hmm. we need to modernize the Lakers system. I know you guys were talking earlier about the way the front offices ran. It's like an old school, like Mom a pop shop. boys club kind of thing, even. You know what I mean? It's like, here's Magic over here be bopping around and saying crazy stuff. And then here's Jeannie and uh, Kurt Rambis and his wife sitting in a hot tub picking the players and all this craziness. It's just, it, it's not working. That's not working. I think Quinn Snyder would be a good coach. I don't think Doc Rivers belongs in the Lakers. Uh, you know, he, he was a Celtics coach. I mean, it just that, and he's not really a modern coach either. I mean, the guy, he's he's a he's a throwback. I mean, he's a good coach, but no, Quinn Snyder would be fine. But I think we need to modernize our system more than anything right now, and that would be yes, bringing a modern coach that uses analytics, bring in people that know how to run a front office like a business, like a real business, not like a just a fun club, basically, is kind of the, the vibe I get from those guys. And I know Polinka, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of good faith in the league, though. He, You know, as being a being an agent, he's pissed off a lot of people. I don't think – I think we got lucky with LeBron and AD. That's basically how that played out. We got lucky there. I don't think the Lakers have really done a good job of building anything since way back. You know, go back to Jerry West, you know. Go back that far. I just don't think they've done a good job in building anything since then. And it's just we're behind the times. I feel like our team is behind the times, the way it's structured, like our front office, just the coaching, the decisions we're making. We're we're getting beat. We're getting beat over and over and over. So yeah. Now nah, Quinn Snyder would be fine. Those other cats, Clifford, Doc Rivers, no, no, no. I don't want any anything to do with that. And Vogel's a good coach. Vogel would, couldn't do anything with this roster. I think I think if he'd had some defensive players, he would have been able to talk to. But with the injuries and the guys that he had, I, I don't put it all on Vogel. I mean, it's mostly front office stuff that caused this mishap. But, uh, yeah, that's my take on it. Modernize the Lakers system. Get us up in the 21st century current. And then let's, like, start making smart basketball moves, not swinging for the fences all the time. Because I've heard people say, I would sacrifice watching these crappy games for one championship out of five years. And I'm not like that. 
I'm 47. I've watched championships way back into the 80s. I would rather watch good basketball night in and night out. I mean, it gets it, it's it's ugly to watch this kind of basketball, and it, it hurts. You know, like y'all said, if it wasn't for winning time, this season would be it'd be terrible. But I, I I'm at the I'm at the point now watching the Lakers. I want to watch good basketball when I turn the TV on. I yeah, we won a championship, but then you got to go through all these years of LeBron destroying the team, and it, it's not worth it to me. But that, that's my take anyway. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Edwin, how was this? How would Doc Rivers be different from like the Russell Westbrook trade? And that like Doc was a look during the during the the Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers. I thought he handled that situation magnificently, being kind of the face of a franchise that was obviously in in real despair and in a lack of complete direction there as they were getting ready to essentially fired the owner or the owner was getting ready to be uh, boosted out of there uh, by Adam Silver and by the rest of the the, the league's owners. Um, I thought he handled that really, really well. I clearly thought he did a a pretty good job in Boston winning a championship there. I would still say that that entire big three era is one of the most overrated in NBA history, but still, he still got that championship there. He still has his time with the Clippers and, and Lob City and how exciting that was for a while under his belt. But other than that, like the end of his time with the Clippers wasn't great, where there was reports where he was uh, being he was given personnel powers and he uh, started working less um, during that time. There were some uh, Clippers reports coming out that he was more focused on golf than uh, the team at some stretches of those seasons. Here with Philly, there are a lot of fans uh, who root for the Sixers who say that he isn't doing a good enough job maximizing uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden, and a lot of it is because of the same mistakes that he made in his time with the Clippers. So, like all that said, though, like hey, Russ is somebody who recent times would have indicated, hey, this probably isn't going to work out here with the Lakers, um, and that went ignored, and they traded for him anyway. Would Doc Rivers be the coaching equivalent to Russell Westbrook? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think there's some similarities there in someone who's highly regarded and highly respected for prior accomplishments, but not yeah. current production. And I think that's where the similarities lie. Uh, yeah, um, a Glenn Rivers, Doc Rivers uh, acquisition to me would just be, again, getting a name and a prestige. So you can, like, like Aaron mentioned, you can release that email, top 75 head coach, 2008 <laughs> champion head coach yeah. now joins the Lakers. But it's not it's it's all sizzle, no steak. And at this point, the Lakers, if we've learned anything about this year, is we need substance over style. And Doc would be style, but not substance, in my opinion, at this point. I I got to Google here to see if Doc Rivers coached an All Star game because if he did, this is probably all done. This <laughs> Aaron, don't uh, say that, Anthony. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't don't put that evil out there. I don't want Doc Rivers. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to keep Vogel or, or get Snyder. I don't want Doc Rivers. No, no, no. Aaron, is the Doc is there is there any fire where the smoke is here with with Doc Rivers? So far as you're allowed to comment. <laughs> so this one uh, I got to stay away from. This one. Uh, All right. Yeah this this one for for obvious reasons, tampering reasons, and uh, I got to go full Hennessy is delicious on the coaching stuff. All right. So I'm looking here. But I will, I will whether... say that Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers and uh, and Quinn Snyder both currently have jobs with with other teams. So let's yeah. not actually say they're candidates 
when and if, and the Lakers currently have a coach. So when and if those guys become available, it's a different conversation. But right now, uh, uh, Frank Vogel is still the coach of the Lakers and, and Doc Rivers and Quinn Snyder both have, have jobs. All right. So uh, now that I don't have to, I, I don't have to say those things. Uh, Frank Vogel is. You, is... you, do, you do not. <laughs> uh, Doc Rivers did coach all-star games in 2008. And in 2011. So, uh, yeah, this is, man, this is going to Doc happen. Rivers is also the only coach in, in NBA playoff history to blow, three, I think it's three 3-1 leads and has the most uh, losses. It's like 29 or 30 when he has a chance to, to clinch a playoff series. But other than that, dude, other than that, like he just, you know, look, the Lake... The Lakers, the Lakers have overlooked uh, playoff failures with acquiring Russell Westbrook too. So, like you know, this isn't this wouldn't be a, a new move. Uh, Shab, how would you feel about about um, either Doc or Quinn Snyder or anybody else? Like we haven't we haven't talked about you know should the Lakers go in the direction of of somebody who doesn't have that kind of a resume? I, I don't think they would because you're dealing with a it's still a veteran core of LeBron and AD, but. But is there another candidate out there who you who you would prefer to see over either Quinn or Doc? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that you know, with any other organization, uh, with you know not the highest expectations, you would kind of go the traditional route of giving an assistant coach their first their first shot. And in multiple situations across the league, you've seen it worked out beautifully, right? Uh, Ime Udoka in Boston, Taylor Jenkins is you know continuously getting better. Uh, with the Grizzlies over there. Mm -hmm. um, but with our expectations, I think it's it's very clear that we need someone that has results. And like Edwin said, that has sus sus substance already. Um, and so that's why you kind of hear the first two names uh, right off the bat. I think Mike Brown was also an under the radar, um, you know, candidate as well in Golden State, even though he is an assistant coach, has a ton of head coaching experience and has coached LeBron for several years. But um, for all the reasons you described, I'm very much, you know, excited about Quinn Snyder. Uh, the last four four years, five years, uh, 16, 17, won 51 games, then 48, 50, 44 in the shortened season, and then 52, and has 47 wins right now. Uh, had the best record in the league last season. That was not mentioned at all. And like for everyone said, like you know that Quinn is going to in install a system, I feel like, and, and maximize um, a lot of these these guys. I think that his playoff success doesn't add up, but then, you know, if any coach is rumored to be available, we can't really be picky here. Uh, you know, they're getting fired for a reason, right? But they, we want to, we want to add on to what they do well. And I think that the Lakers, um, especially the last two seasons, you know, having a, a high enough seed, uh, especially dating back to, you know, the, the 2010s, we never had like the, the most dominant seed ever in 2020. We had the number one seed for sure. But I think a coach that can get, that can, coast us through the regular season and have us in good standing at all times would be a new experience for longtime Laker fans that I think we would really appreciate. And, you know, we're going to rely on our players for, you know, that playoff uh, execution. So for all reasons said, I, I really like Quinn Snyder, uh, you know, coached Kobe and Mike with Mike Brown, uh, 2011, 2012. So familiar with Los Angeles. And so he has my whole approval. I I'm rooting uh, for the jazz to uh, blow it up and, you know, we can get Quinn Snyder and have some stability uh, with the new system uh, next year for us. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all in on, on Snyder. I really like the idea of it there. I think, you know, we talk about Frank being kind of saddled with a bad roster. Uh, you know, Snyder has been saddled with, with a team that uh, either didn't have shooting uh, enough shooting a, a few years ago, or has never really employed wing defenders. That's not something that he can really impact there. 
Um, and then on, on top of that, you know, Rudy Gobert is one of the bigger playoff rods in, in, in a little while. And that there's only so much you can do when that is a guy getting so much of your cap allocation is well there. So, so yeah, I, I'd like to see Quinn given a situation where you know, like Aaron, what are we supposed to make of like the whole, I think, I think I saw a stat the other day that Donovan Mitchell is passing more to other teams than he is to Rudy Gobert on an iPad. Uh, basis. Yeah. So he has, uh, yeah, he has two point two point three passes, uh, per game to Rudy Gobert, not assists, passes, per passes. Game to Rudy Gobert. Um, and, and three turnovers a game. Yeah, it turns the ball over three times a game. The other interesting <laughs> stat, uh, uh, Trey Young, I saw like the follow-up stat to that. Trey Young has more assists to Clint Capella this year than Donovan Mitchell has total passes to Rudy Gobert. And look, from the outside looking in, it looks very clearly like there is something wrong with the Jazz. They don't yeah. like each other quite clearly. Um, they've had some some pretty significant uh, playoff failures I mean, he recently. Pain, didn't he? Yeah, that also, uh, he, I don't know that he started a pandemic, but he certainly, he certainly was at least made the NBA world and, he's, and probably most of America aware. I think he's always going to be kind of the face of COVID for the NBA. Like, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's a fa- fair or not, you know, yeah. he's like, he was the first guy. So I do think, I, I do think not, not even as it relates to Quinn Snyder specifically, but I do think, I do expect uh, the Utah to have some significant struggles in the playoffs as of now they would again as of now they would play the warriors three six i don't think that would go very well for utah and i do think some not specifically with quinn snyder necessarily but i do think big changes are coming uh assuming when and if that happens in utah yeah if there's one thing we know about danny is he's he's always happy to do a teardown he's not quite good at the build-up part but he's he's always very happy danny angels to tear down um a team that's Trader, Trader Dan's going to, you know, he, he needs to hold on to all those assets. Yeah. Well, he's got to get assets to hold on to. So he's going to move. I, I, everybody keeps saying that Donovan Mitchell is the guy that probably gets moved there. I don't see it. Like, I don't see Dwayne. Absolutely not. I yeah. Cause I like saying that. Absolutely not. Dwayne Wade is a, is a part owner there. I don't see Dwayne signing off on any Donovan Mitchell trade whatsoever. I like, I just don't see that ever. The one reason why there, that may be out there is not so much about who's more important or who's the better player, but Rudy Gobert's value around the league is, especially with this, with you know his his he's going to be making fifty million like as a thirty four year old. Um, so I think I think maybe part of that is the relative value around the league, what you could get for Donovan or or Rudy. But it looks it looks very clearly like that pairing has to be separated after this year. Yeah. All right. Last thing before we get out of here, um, the other part of the coaching report here is, uh, and this is, I'm just reading a silver screen and roll tweet. The good news, the Lakers are not expected to hire Kurt Rambis as their next head coach. The bad news, it's because he's too, quote, integral to the front office. Um, Aaron, I I know this is, this is a touchy subject here. So again, Hennessy is very delicious, but um, are the Lakers aware of like, what Phil, uh, Kurt Rambis's reputation is around the league. Like how, how, where's that disconnect coming from here where everybody looks at this guy as kind of a laughing stock, and, and yet he is seen as, you know, Buddha. It sounds like just unquestionably forever in power with that Lakers organization. Look, he is, he is definitely, uh, yes, it is a touchy subject for me, but he yeah. definitely, he definitely is like a voice and a powerful voice and someone that, 
that is listened to. He's not like an ultimate decision maker, but he is he is one of a handful of voices that is very is listened to very significantly. Um, and he does have a, a good amount of power. Like, yes, right? Do, do are, are people with the Lakers aware of what he has done in the past, positive, negative, otherwise? Yes. Um, but when, when that is, unless you're Magic Johnson, when somebody is considered part of your family, right? You're going to have a rosier colored view of them, even in the best of circumstances, good, mm-hmm. bad, or otherwise, you're often going to have a rosier view than maybe other people will outside. So, yeah, I mean, people are aware of what it is. It's a matter of public record, how, how, what his record was as a coach um, with the Lakers, with the Knicks, etc. So yes, people are, are aware of what it is. And, and to be fair, people are inside the Lakers are aware of what it looks like, but that isn't necessarily going to be a deciding factor. Kurt is going to be around. I think it's like, I understand kind of the the jokes but Kurt is going to be around Linda is going to be around Jeannie is not selling the team so all of it is kind of like a a conversation not even worth having well I mean I'm going to continue to have it because yes I know yeah (laughs) literally my job to have these conversations I know I think it's I think it's fair but like it's not it's not changing so I do I think that now you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that it's not it's not Kurt's not going anywhere unless he wants to if he wants to go somewhere else, sure. But unless he wants to, he's not going anywhere. All right, so Lakers fans, what we need to do now, if you guys are listening to this, what we need to start doing is really propping up Kurt Rambis as a candidate for some other team. Like what we got to figure out a way to do is get this guy like, hey, man, Rambis has some really good ideas. DeAndre Jordan, uh, that was, uh, you know, starting center and and wanting to play more of DeAndre Jordan. I think at one point it was DeAndre and Dwight or something weird, crazy like that. But you know what? It might be crazy like a fox. So for those of you who are looking for some, you know, uh, somebody to, to, you know, change up the way that you do things in your front office, somebody who wants uh, somebody to head up your, your internet security, all of those good things. Kurt has a lot, extensive history with those, with all of that great stuff. Um, so I think we really need to start propping up Kurt to maybe get him a job somewhere else. Um, all right. We are an hour and 10 minutes into this thing. I have to edit it and throw it back onto the podcast feed. Thank you guys a ton for hopping on. Great conversation today. Aaron, uh, Larsoul, thank you a ton for hopping on as always. And, and today really bringing the fire when it came to <laughs> magic. <laughs> that was. <laughs> it's always fun. Uh, we do this every single Tuesday, every Tuesday, noon Pacific. You get here early, you up your chances of uh, being able to talk and, and be a part of the conversation more. If you have a topic that you want covered, leave it in the form of a five-star review on the Silver Screen and Roll Network uh, page on iTunes. And until next week, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one. <laughs>